we both sort of share this frustration that the questions that we have as a student never really got a, got a chance to you know be explored fully we had that shared frustration of not having a place where you know you could just ask questions like uninhibited we wanted we were we, we were frustrated that there was no platform like this so that's when we were like okay maybe we can become that platform you're listening to choose to be curious a show all about curiosity we talk about research and theory but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life i'm your host lynn borton welcome come choose to be curious with us I just finished reading Michael Lewis's 2017 book, The Undoing Project, A Friendship That Changed Our Minds. It's the story of how a Nobel Prize winning theory of the mind altered our collective perception of reality. Israeli psychologists Amos Tursky and Daniel Kahneman wrote a series of papers more than 40 years ago that completely upended our ideas about how people make decisions. They're the ones responsible for our understanding that humans are really bad, predictably really bad at assessing risks or knowing what will make us happy. The book is the story of their remarkable friendship, partnership, and impact. In 2002, Danny Kahneman received the Nobel Prize in Economic Science for his work in prospect theory, which tried to explain how we think about loss and gain when we're making decisions. That's a Nobel Prize in economics to a psychologist. Enter behavioral economics and a whole new way of thinking. It's a great book. If you've ever read anything by Michael Lewis, you can imagine. And if you haven't, well, just pick up anything the man has written and see for yourself. I've got links on my website. You can thank me later. So, There's a lot I could say about the influence of Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tursky, and in fact, behavioral economics would make a great topic for a future episode, and if you have ideas about who I should talk to, please let me know. But for today's purposes, I'm thinking more about curiosity, the power of partnerships, and how they might intersect in helping to influence how people think. In August, I had the honor of being a speaker at the Curiosity Conference hosted by the India Institute of Technology, IIT, Gandhinagar. I didn't actually go to India. I just got up really early so that I could be a talking head on a gigantic Zoom screen one afternoon in India. I shared some of the lessons I've learned from hosting all these Curiosity Conversations, even from afar. It was a lot of fun. There were close to 200 people participating in the conference, and thanks to the sometimes miracle that is social media, I've been able to connect with folks who were actually there, including Ruchi Manglunia and Shweta Hegde, aka Jigyasa and Utsaka. More on that later. The co-founders and hosts of India Asks Why, a science podcast for young minds that just kicked off its third season. Ruchi and Shweta solicit questions from students around India and then collaborate with scientists to provide answers. There's a lot of positive reinforcement for choosing to be curious going on here. 
Their goal is to revive and nurture curiosity using a digital platform in hopes of reaching students more quickly than conventional educational channels might allow. As they put it, they hope to be the change they want to see in the world. I'm delighted to be joined by two curious science communicators. Welcome, Ruchi and Shweta. Thank you so much for having us. Hi. Thank you for having us. Oh, this is a real pleasure. And I have to say, one of you is in India. The other one is in Zurich. So we have a kind of a global curiosity fan club going on here. This is really fun. And congratulations on the launch of season three. It's very exciting. You've set yourself this goal of making change happen. Ruchi, tell me more. So season three is super exciting and super new for us. It was It's more of a challenge on the production part on our end, but I hope the listeners enjoy it more than we enjoyed making it. In season three, we are having students actually be a part of the podcast making process. And you listen to the student voices, you experience the curiosity that the students themselves feel when they hear something new in science and about their questions. Apart from just answering curious questions and having scientists on board on our podcast, we've also started visiting schools in India. So we visited our first school last year in December, and that's the first time Ruchi and I and the team met in person Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) So we were really, really amazed by the response we got at the school called Delhi Public School, Sikandarabad. It's in the southern part of India. And so we decided that we would hold a workshop with these students to help them chase their curious questions. So that involved us having a dozen of students on board with us online where we showed them, hey, look, this is how we do research to get to a potential answer to a curious question. This is how we interview people. This is how we edit a podcast. And this is how we record a podcast, right? So that's how we've been uh, able to get these students and their voices in our uh, recent episodes of season three. I love that you're inviting them, we would say, you know, kind of pulling the curtain back so they see behind the inner workings, Mm -hmm. which feels like an invitation to them to sort of dig into their curiosity more, and you're giving them tools to do that. So do you have a memory of when you first thought of yourself as curious? I do not have a distinct memory, but then I was always this person who would, I don't know, used to just sit and observe how the ants walk <laughs> right or just like look at a leaf and be like huh why are these veins shaped the way they are so that was always me I used to just look out and just ponder I think I don't have like a distinct memory like you also mentioned I just had this behavior of observing and then like just going up to some adult who was around and asking like why is this happening mm-hmm. and often I used to not get an answer to my questions. It was just like, yeah, this is how it is. And then the question would just stay in my mind. And this just became more and more evident as I myself, you know, became a teacher at some point. So my first actual job after I finished studying was to actually teach high school students. And that's when I got a chance to slow down and actually start you know, really looking at things from that childlike, curious perspective that I had before. 
that was that's a distinct memory that I have to sort of say that that's when I realized like I am a curious person uh-huh. I like to like ask and learn so what was the inspiration for the podcast I mean you guys hadn't met so how did this how did this happen that seems kind of miraculous <laughs> maybe we should tell you how we met which is us meeting was a very unlikely event <laughs> so uh, Ruchi and I were part of an online science communication workshop back in 2021. Um, this was hosted by an organization called Sireo. In one of the networking sessions, Ruchi and I ended up being paired. And we were having a normal conversation, trying to get along and so on and understand what our backgrounds are and so on. And we both sort of shared this frustration that the questions that we have as a student never really got uh, got a chance to you know be explored fully you know whenever you're in a classroom if you if you were to ask a question which doesn't immediately relate to what's going on then you are classified as stupid but then that question actually could have a really nice answer right so we shared this frustration and then we were like hmm we just heard uh, about a uh, how to make podcasts. So that was like our previous session. We were like, ah. gee, like, you know, make a podcast where we answer these questions and make sure that people realize that these are the sorts of questions that drive science. It's not stupid. I think you said it perfectly. We had that shared frustration of not having a place where, you know, you could just ask questions like uninhibited. We wanted, we were, we, we were frustrated that there was no platform like this. So that's when we were like, okay, maybe we can become that platform. I love it. I love it. So you have these stage names. These were not names that were familiar to me, but these are names that have meaning. I got so excited when I realized kind of a little bit of the story behind these. So tell us what it means to show up with names that kind of label yourself as eager to learn. Mm. (laughs) Right. So we wanted to have a dialogue in our podcast that was so we decided we would have characters and now the question came what do we name these characters we wanted it to be very neutral Uh and also represent our high schoolers who are curious so that's why we came up with the names Utsuka and Jigyasa and both of them in Sanskrit means curiosity and are they names that are familiar and common in India I mean, when you hear that name, do you hear curiosity as opposed to, oh, it's got a Sanskrit derivation that means curiosity? I'm just curious because in English, I couldn't think of any names that like explicitly meant curiosity. You know, people have like faith and hope and temperance and constance, but not curiosity. And I thought that's really interesting. So a general concept in India is that most names have a meaning. Mm-hmm. Like most names are derived from a Sanskrit word and then depending on, let's say, you know, the assigned biological gender at birth, people, you know, derive the name for a girl or a boy, let's say. So the names that we have here, the stage names Utsuka and Jigyasa are both girl names in that sense, which come from their Sanskrit origins of Utsuk. Utsuk is someone who's curious, who's, Mm -hmm. you know, wanting to learn. So coming to your question as do they really spark that idea that these names mean curiosity? I think they do. Whenever I mention it to people, 
they're like, ah, that's neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's something very powerful at sort of claiming a commitment to curiosity. And I think that that's part of the power of what you're doing is you are, you're giving people sort of multiple ways and providing some examples, your own experience and these names of like, here's how you can show up in a curious way. Whether you think of yourself as curious or not, you can behave in ways that are curious. And my, you know, secret mission behind the scenes with my show, of course, is that people come to realize that they can behave in curious ways and that eventually, oh my gosh, pretty soon you just find yourself being curious, right? And then you, the more you do it, the more you do it. So why are you so committed to focusing explicitly on curiosity? I mean, why is that important? I think that's a very nice question. So the fact that both of us have slight teaching backgrounds really helped, mm -hmm. you know, connect the two of us together. So what we generally observed around ourselves is that a lot of kids, a lot of the younger generation folks are very curious. People ask a lot of questions. But as we grow up, as we like get more aware of the world around us or, you know, get more sucked into the world around us, maybe I should say, we tend to sort of let go that curiosity. Mm. Doesn't happen consciously, but it does, you know, somehow. And we felt like that sort of affects our learning. Because if you're not curious, we don't learn something new. And that's when we were like, okay, maybe if, you know, this habit of nurturing curiosity at a younger age is sustained, then we build individuals with higher scientific temperament. So that's where the commitment to the curiosity approach comes into picture. Because after all, our goal is to build individuals or nurture individuals with greater scientific temperament in life. And we feel curiosity is one of the ways to do this. And in India and across the world, of course, education system has this emphasis on exams compared to having a dialogue about a question, for example, and just learning. You know, I was 19 when I started the podcast, so I just, you know, finished high school. So I'd been through the system and realized that going ahead, I wouldn't be able to ask more questions like I used to. So I kind of, my personal agenda was also that I get to explore some of the curious questions I had myself. <laughs> <laughs> but then having seen that, that said, having seen the system, I knew that we had to do something so that we keep that curiosity alive beyond the schooling. And as Ruchi brilliantly put it, we want to build individuals who think critically about everything around their world and not just accept things because someone else imposes something on them. You have to be curious to ask why. You're listening to Choose to be Curious, conversations about curiosity and work and life. I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and I'm joined today by Ruchi Manglunia and Shweta Hegde, co-founders and hosts of the podcast, India Asks Why. So that raises two questions for me. One is sort of how you have found your own curiosity evolving in this process. But also, I want to hear a little bit about the partnership because you're at different stages, it sounds like, in your respective careers. You kind of happened upon this intersection and you seized it in a 
really exciting way, let me just say. Very entrepreneurial, very cool. Love to see women in science doing this sort of thing. Talk to me about how you think the partnership has influenced your thinking and maybe evolved over time. And maybe those two questions intersect as well. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, uh, let, let's be clear. Let, we never really thought long term. as We didn't even realize that this was going to be a woman-led enterprise and st- stuff of that sort. People just had this idea in our minds and we wanted to execute it. So first what we did was to pitch our podcast as an assignment to one of our mentors. And they said, hey, look, this is great. You should, you know, probably go ahead and make more of these episodes. So that's when we started making more episodes. And thankfully, we were able to get some funding from India Bioscience, which is a science communication organization here. And we are extremely grateful. They've been funding us for like past two years. And once we had the money, that's when we realized we could build our own teams. And both Ruchi and I had very little experience with, you know, onboarding people, running a team, managing and all that. So every bit of the process was a learning experience for both of us. We were trying to understand what our relationship between each other was and how we were going to communicate what we do to people in the team so that they get the idea as well. So I think it's been a learning experience, which you can go ahead and add more. Yeah, I think apart from like learning a lot from each other, we also learned a lot from the team. Mm. And then soon we sort of realized that we both have certain areas of expertise. Like Shweta is great with the audio part. Like she's very good with like picking up nuances and understanding like, okay, this audio works and this doesn't work and this music works. And, you know, so she's great with doing that. And Ruthie's great at visuals. She's the one who designed our characters, which look really great. She also is like a social media person. Like I'm not, I'm not big on social media at all. Ruchi's like spot on every time. So yeah, so we sort of realized we have these areas and then we were like, okay, if we have to run this project and we have this team, maybe we, you know, find our partnership like this. Like we do the best that we are at and then we bring the work together because finally we have the same goal on which we work. So that's how the partnership sort of evolved. And I guess, as you mentioned, that we are on very different career levels, you know, for our own individual selves, I think that sort of plays as an advantage for us because sometimes I like me myself doing a PhD, I can sometimes go really deep into topics. And then Shweta is great with like bringing me back, like, look, you know, you can understand these details, but others cannot. For you, this is normal language, but for others, this is, this is too much of science. So I think we found our balance in that way. We have our own areas of expertise, even in scripting episodes. So Shweta does more of the plants and the microbes part. I do more of the animals and, you know, neuroscience parts. So once we've done the basic research, once we scripted, we exchange our scripts and then we see, Uh you know, what Uh areas we are you know, are more clear or unclear for us. So I think that's how we build the partnership. I like that. And I also like, you know, so many projects, they look so well planned in retrospect. And of course, when you're you're living it forward, you're making it up like minute to minute, right? In retrospect, you look back and go, wow, that looked pretty organized. But, <laughs> but that's also a really important lesson to people, right? 
that you can sort of jump into that. I mean, I certainly was that, like, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And here I am seven and a half years later. So I love that as a message to young people as well. It's like, well, you want to kind of give a shot at something like this? You, you can just do that. You know, I collect curiosity practices, things that people do, ways large and small, that strengthen your curiosity muscle. Do you have something that you think of as a personal curiosity practice, or maybe it's a professional or academic curiosity practice? One thing like from a recent experience I can say is that, you know, there are a lot of things that we think that this is just how it is, you know, you tend to like just keep going with it. And then with my career, like doing a PhD, I have a lot of people I interact with in the lab. So, and people's questions keep floating around, you know, this is something that happens when you work in a lab. And I some try to tell myself to like really pick up on these questions, like really think about these questions rather than like letting them go like, okay, this isn't my area or this is just how it is. I push myself to sort of, you know, take every question more or less equally seriously and then really think about it so that I don't go into this stagnation of information or stagnation of learning. Because I'm sure if somebody's asked a question, there is an explanation for it. Maybe I know the explanation, but maybe I've not thought it from that perspective. I love that. I love that. Sort of owning or holding on to other people's questions and just yeah. allowing that to maybe inform your thinking or just remind yourself that other people have different kinds of questions than we do. And I love what you say about they're all sort of equally serious or important. Cool. Exactly. Shweta, how about you? <laughs> well, I think I also do not like to stagnate when it comes to seeking new information. So what I generally tend to do is to just take time off. It sounds mundane, but, you know, sometimes when I'm, when I've been working for two to three hours, I just walk out and like sit and just let the thoughts sort of wander, right? I used to read a lot of books as well to take time off, but I haven't managed to do it. Doing something that is ridiculously unrelated to what I've been doing is one of the ways to like keep my brain thinking and like come up with newer ideas, questions that I might want to explore. Power of the pause. I like that. I like that. Thank you both. Okay. Before I let you go, I have my big jar of wannabe analogies. Are you game for this? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. So here it is, literal big jar. I'm going to take out one for each of you, one for me. Oh gosh, and one for the audience. Lots of types of paper. And we're going to make an analogy to curiosity with whatever is on the. I'm not very good with analogies, unlike Ruchi. I'm always impressed. There's like no way to prepare, and people inevitably come up with good answers. So let's see. Shweta, yours is trash bag. How is curiosity like a trash bag? Ruchi, yours is lock. How is curiosity like a lock? And mine is flat tire. <laughs> um, so what do you want to go first or you want me to give it a shot? Um, I can try. Okay, go ahead. Mm. Curiosity is like a lock because it keeps your uh, childlike uh, mind safely, you know, held in place. Nice. 
so yeah like um in the sense that it curiosity helps to nurture that child uh, sorry a lock uh, helps to nurture the child like curiosity even more it doesn't let it vanish or go away nice nice yeah hmm well i've got a harder one to <laughs> work with well curiosity is like a trash bag you're scared to go closer but if you actually go closer you realize that it's not actually a trash bag but a bag full of hidden gems that are waiting to be explored oh very nice very <laughs> nice mine is flat tire how is curiosity like a flat tire um i'm going to say that a a flat tire sort of stops you in your tracks in a way that curiosity does you know you're 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 kind of driving to something and suddenly you have a flat tire and you have to stop you have the pause um kind of have an opportunity to look around it sort of interrupts what may be autopilot and uh, uh, like curiosity with a flat tire if you inflate it um you can get going again so it can both pause you but it's also an opportunity to get going that's what i'll say okay nice and audience yours is marching band I don't know. How is curiosity like a marching band? Let us know on social media. Hashtag analogy. My curiosity mavens, thank you so much for this. And congratulations again on what you're doing. Thank you thank so you. much. I also wanted to just quickly say that none of what we do would have been possible without the incredible people that we have happened to chance upon. Chance upon. So like I have my mentor, Peter, who... you know it's always so curious to read our scripts <laughs> like every time i script something i'm like hey peter does this sound okay we've also had you know more experienced science communicators sit with us give us advice give us their um, thoughts on what we've been doing we also have a scientist maker who manages the financials of all of what we do so even though it's the, just the two of us who and now the students who whom you listen to on the podcast it's it's really only possible because of so many people behind the scenes so just wanted to say that for you to be able to you for you to be curious you have to have that support system and i'm glad we have and we hope to be that support system to other people You've been listening to Choose to Be Curious, conversations about curiosity and work and life. I'm your host Lynn Morton. Thanks for joining us here today. You can find all my shows on my website at choosetobecurious.com. I hope you follow me here, there, and on social media at Choose to Be Curious, where you can share your marching band analogy hashtag analogy. Many thanks to my delightful guests Ruti Manglunia and Shweta Hegde, aka Jigyasa Unutsuka. I've got links to India Asks Why on my website, along with more about the other cool pair, Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky. I hope you'll check them all out. Thanks too to Sean Balick for our theme music, and this is Glass Beads by the Balloonist via Blue Dot Sessions. I hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, choose to be curious. Choose to be curious.